Syria are fans everywhere. From our nation's capital, this is Cool of America. Greetings, Curve Americans and Podcast Paisani. We are back in Roma. We are here in Piazza del Popolo with Richard Whittle, the famed Richard Whittle. We're in his danger zone. So I'm here with Marco, Tad, Richard. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate your time as always. Welcome to the podcast. Great to be back, guys. Um, it feels like it's just a year. And of course, um, when you guys arrive, you bring the bad luck to Roma. <laughs> Remember last year, they lost this year a draw. But it's always great to see you. It's great to to uh, have uh, all the support in the States, growing year by year. It is wonderful. Uh, get a lot of messages from you guys uh, right across America. Great uh, support for Italian football. Well, you're, you're a famous person over there. It's grateful to uh, be with a legend. So thanks for joining with us here. Um, big week for Roma this week. No, we... Uh, at Champions League, and uh, we want to start there because you were uh, at the game, and uh, we would love to hear what that experience was like for you in the stadium. Absolutely amazing to be there. I, and I was there not as uh, a commentator, but um, just as an ordinary fan. So, you know, I could shout and scream at Messi. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it one of the best atmospheres, if not the best atmosphere I've ever witnessed at uh, at the Olympico, you just felt there was something in the air and the build-up, the stadium was full two hours beforehand and there's a feeling, well, Roma could do something, maybe not qualify, but, you know, at least go out with honour. You know, when the first goal went in early on, there's oh, something special is happening. When Barcelona were pushed further and further back, best I've ever seen Roma play. And then that second goal, there was real belief. And uh, I was saying, oh, I hope we score in the last minute. All my friends were like, no way, I couldn't stand it, my heart couldn't stand it. <laughs> and then that uh, third goal was just amazing. It was an unbelievable night, and I think uh, Mr. Palotta enjoyed it as well, diving into the fountain, although completely illegal. Yeah, we're, we're just a few steps away from where that actually took place. So, uh, uh, And in, in the historic Hotel de Russie for uh, uh, last year's Roma Wedding Derby, um, we read in the States after the match, though, that uh, uh, Corriero de la Sport gave the entire team 10 out of 10. Um, obviously, that even though the best game ever, couldn't be quite possible, but who did you think was man of the match for Roma in that game? Well, that's right, give everybody 10. Give the fans 11 <laughs> as well. Put it up to 11 because of the noise <laughs> levels. Uh, in that match, um, so many players to pick out, but Jekyll was amazing. He just uh, led the, the line so well. Manolas didn't give any of the Barcelona strikers a moment's peace he was and he scored the of course the third goal De Rossi Lion King captain those three players really stood out and uh, Sheik also considering the season he's had <laughs> he, he had a very good game as well but right through the team it was a wonderful performance but I suppose the one player to pick out would have been Edin Dzeko it was his night big European night and he really stepped up to the mark well, speaking of Schick, after yesterday's derby, uh, had a nice long discussion. Actually, it, it was kind of like an argument with <laughs> a fellow uh, Roma Club member, uh, and he was questioning uh, EDF or uh, Di Francesco's lineup uh, and starting Schick yesterday. And do you think that Roma did the right thing going with the 3-5-2 back-to-back 
especially after that Champions League win? Well, I think so, yes, because I think that uh, Di Francesco knew that Lazio would come out very strong, very physical, and he wanted to really nullify that midfield, knowing that Lazio would just pile the midfield and have Immobile and Felipe Anderson trying to break forward, which they did. And um, of course, with the injury under not 100%, Florenzi not 100%, El Sharawi, I was surprised that he didn't get a start actually. And when he came on, he was very good. But I thought it was good to play Sheik, give him more confidence. Didn't have a great game last night, but you know, coming out of that Barcelona match, he's probably never lived through not just the physical side, but also the emotional side, the mental side, the build up, very draining. But he had some good touches last night. He drew an excellent uh, yellow card off Radu. You know, so you can't complain about that. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> overall, we, you know, we'll see the, the best of him next season. It's, uh, it's not been a great season for him. There's no hiding that with his injury problems, settling into a new club, big club like Roma, very difficult. But last night, you know, he put in a, you know, a good enough performance. Unfortunately, here in, in Rome, you're either in the stars or you're in the gutter. Mm -hmm. that's, the, that's the thing. And there needs to be a little bit more in the middle few cloudy days you know and uh, we'll see you know for Sheik you know l let's hope you know paid a lot of money for him let's uh, hope next season he really comes to the fore. With EDF it, you know a lot of questions with him coming into the season we you know after we lost uh, Mr. Spalletti to Inter um, and you know clinging for a lot of the season to that 4-3-3 but then you know in one of the biggest signature wins in Roma history against Barcelona switching to the 3-5-2 how do you feel your perception of how EDF has handled this team throughout the season? Well, um, I love the way you guys call him EDF. You know, the Francesco Eusebio is, um, well, he's come in, obviously, knows Roma so well, and he had his ideas, 4-3-3, that was his dogma, but it, sh it showed against Barcelona willing to make that change, go three at the back, go two wing backs. So already he's got another um, piece to his armory. I think he'll probably start going back to the 4-3-3 uh, the next few games. It'll be interesting to see how he approaches the Liverpool game because last night there were the Liverpool um, uh, scouts and um, technical side were there. So they're watching how Roma play. Mm -hmm. And I think now you can see Roma a lot more fluid Last night, when um, Nangolan was allowed to play in the middle, closer to Dzeko in the second half, that opened things up a lot. But I can see him through the next games. Got Genoa, Spal, those matches before the Liverpool game, experimenting again, and maybe we might see a drop in Roma form because he's going to have to play the fringe players, if you like. We're going to have to see going along back in the side as well. In the centre of midfield, so he might go back to that four-three-three in the next couple of games. But you know, he is a coach who's shown that he can be flexible. Well, we might as well do it while you're here. You might as what well, is, but it what is. is <laughs> what is Ro, where does Roma end up this season and in Champions League? I think uh, third in the league and Champions League. Oh my gosh! <laughs> If I say it, yeah, you know, yeah. you know. If I say it, they're going to get knocked out. Yeah, so you know right. what I'm going to say: get knocked out by well, Liverpool. Of course, no, I've got. Th I've, I've 
uh, feeling really good opportunity. I was looking forward to them getting Liverpool, but Real Madrid, we know Real Madrid difficult to get past anyway. Bayern Munich, Roma in the past against Bayern Munich has suffered and suffered against German teams, but Liverpool, you know, unknown quantity really for Roma. The first leg would be very important, got the score away. Also the return of Salah, and I think for Salah it's going to be such a difficult occasion coming back to Rome, yeah. coming back to Roma. The fans will be against him, which he will feel. I think he'll feel the pressure there. They've got other great players, but going forward, but you've got to say defence Roma just as good as uh, Liverpool midfield. I think better than Liverpool, better goalkeeper, and De Francesco as. EDF has, uh, <laughs> has shown that he can be very flexible coming up against Klopp. It's going to be a wonderful match, I think. Roma to go through. Kiev, here we come. One one off in the final. Who knows? Right. Could be glory summer here. You've got to come back. Yeah. <laughs> if it becomes a long party in the summer when they, like, uh, when they won the Scudetto, it'll be something. Well, if Roma go, th- go through and make it to the final, we'd have to consider it. Um, the thing that will be hurting the most would be my bank account because that will be a, a, I have to come up with some quick cash to find my way in Ukraine. Yeah, <laughs> no, absolutely. It's a bit of a long trip, but we've got to get past Anfield and then back here in in the capital. Very true. So, how do you feel? You know, with with Barcelona, you know, it seemed that when Barcelona Barcelona drew Roma in the Champions League, you know, the Spanish press were elated, um, and there was a lot of disrespect shown. Um, and to 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 extent of disrespect in the Spanish papers that you know Barcelona has got this easy team to go through, Roma winning and making it to the quarterfinals. I know that Juventus has played in the final two out of the last three years, but what do you think that does for the reputation of Italian soccer in 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 the global game? Oh, it's it's taking it to another level. I think that uh, last Tuesday, all around the world, it sent the shock waves, and also it uh, it brought people. Uh, back towards Italian football. Um, unfortunately, um, the evening after it brought back to, back to earth <laughs> by, by a certain <laughs> Mr. Buffon. Unfortunately, but uh, that that tu- that Tuesday night, I think uh, you, maybe you guys in the states, the press m- must have been taking it up somewhere. Oh yeah, of course, right round um, Italy as well. There was support when I when I travelled up to Milan the next day. And uh, people say, "Oh, you're at the match. I'm standing. I'm not a. I'm not a Roma fan, but I, I was supporting Roma last night. It's great for Italian football. The way they played, the support of the fans. I think anyone who, who would um, thinking about coming to Italy to watch Italian football would be, oh yeah, I've got to get over there and experience a game at the stadium. You guys have been to the stadium so many times. You know what it's like. So different from watching on television. Of course, I'd said anybody who's planning a holiday to come to Rome, make sure you come during the 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 football season and get a game in and preferably a Roma match of course but um, <laughs> uh, you know it, it really has if Roma can push on here get uh, get to the final I know we're you know, I'm jinxing it <laughs> but um, it would take Italian football up a notch I know we've had a lot of difficulties with Italian football but things are turning around we've seen Napoli play good football Milan are getting steady again Inter they'll be looking to get back into the Champions League it is really if you can get a good run in the Champions League, Juventus have done it for a number of years now, but it, it's become sort of standard for Juventus. We needed something different, a, a new a new team coming through, such as Roma, with a lot of passionate support, a lot of great passionate fans, 
and a wonderful city, city a wonderful yeah. city that's the thing and that's the big thing about Roma and I think that uh, the the president of Roma James Palotta that's what he's saying he he can't believe that he cannot get the, the stadium through and get promote this city you, you see it with the tourists arriving imagine with Roma with the stadium as well what it would be like It'd be incredible yeah, we would certainly encourage more Curve Americans to get over here for a live game. Uh, like you said, Richard, nothing, nothing to compare. It's yeah, amazing. and it doesn't matter who you support. Absolutely. You know, Napoli, Milan, Juventus, uh, Inter, uh, anybody, Chievo, Parma, whatever. <laughs> get over, enjoy. You know, enjoy the Italian feeling because, as you know, Italians just love football. Yeah. So sticking with James Pelota, uh, you know, he, he's had his battles. Um, in the media with uh, with the stadium um, you know there's been some uh, 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 lost in translation moments between English and Italian and Roma's fortunes has have gone up and down since he's been the owner how do you feel that the uh, the city of Rome and the Roma fans how do you feel their relationship is with Jimmy Pelota well it's been well let's say a little bit touchy at times because obviously Mr. Pelota he comes in with uh, a certain ideas and a way of working. He, he, he's an, obviously a man who gets things done, wants to get things done, and he's run up against a lot of bureaucracy in Rome, which everyone has, <laughs> has run up against. And uh, this has held things back. And in, in the, the meantime, I think he's been quite touchy about the, the criticism. This is part of Roman life. As I said before, one minute you're in the stars the next minute you're in the gutter there's no middle ground and this is very much true with the media and the local radio so after the barcelona game all of those players palotta as we saw jumping in the fountain the fans with him yeah i remember well wasn't this just a week ago everybody's <laughs> like oh, no, palotta coming over we don't want him over here that's the way it is yeah. that, that's that's the that's the reality of roman life now, one minute you're a star, next minute you're you're you know you're you're nobody. Mm. So um, I think that overall, with the fans, it's been been a touchy, <laughs> to say the least, touchy time. Important thing is get that stadium built, get the first you know block in the ground, get it built, and then start building. But of course, things turn around. Success breeds success. You know, if Roma can do something in the Champions League. You oh. can imagine what it would be like at the Turco Massimo. Yeah. I know I'm jinxing yeah. it, but I'm doing, I can't. But you might, what it pays, you know, it doesn't cut, you know, to dream is, yeah. you dare know, to dream. dare okay. to dream. Imagine to in, the, in the summer at the Turco Massimo. Yeah. If you will you know. it, dude, there is no dream. There is no dream. Theodore Herzl, State of Israel. Um, uh, why don't we switch gears? Uh, you're going to be all over Italy covering the games. You were telling us before about your schedule. you got some big matches that you'll be covering. Uh, just Syria in general. How has it been this season covering it? Uh, what have you thought about the campaign? Uh, we've got a race for the Scudetto. Just your time in Italy. Uh, how, how have the games been? Exciting to watch? Well, uh, certainly this year we did have a race for the Scudetto. It seems now that uh, that uh, Juventus have uh, started to pull away. Now Napoli have had uh, you know a wonderful season, and for a while there people really believed in you know it's the uh, they have to play Juve and Napoli still have to play of course but uh, you get the feeling that Juventus um, are now pulled away Napoli slipping up but overall Napoli have been wonderful to watch in the early part of the season and uh, Inter were another team very exciting in the, in the early part of the season but have fallen away Roma have had their ups and downs and uh, then we've seen uh, the 
Lazio as well. Although I know you guys don't yeah, say that name. Sorry, that's a fine. Sorry, name. That's yeah. a fine. <laughs> anyway, you know, I'll take it. <laughs> you know, I'm impartial. And um, of course, Juventus uh, strong domestically as usual through the Italian Cup final. Milan coming back into things. They've yeah. had their ups and downs. It's been one of those seasons where you felt that. Um, uh, it's been a transitional season. I think next season we'll see teams. It'll be such a, a battle at the top next season because Juventus. You can see now they're they're going to have to change their squad. Napoli will have to change their squad. Roma are going to come stronger. Inter will be stronger. Milan will be stronger. The other teams, Fiorentina, have come good uh, of late. Um, maybe on the back of very unfortunate um, uh, situation with Davide Story, but. Overall, the season's been. Uh, I've really enjoyed it. It's been a lot of open attacking football. And then at the bottom as well, Benevento. Unbelievable. Every game they've gone for it. I know they're going to get relegated with like, hardly any points. But they have been a joy because they've gone out there and just enjoyed their football. Yeah. This is what I feel anyway. Football should be about enjoying that experience. And Benevento have come up into the big time. They've had all the top clubs go down to. Uh, go down there to the south of Italy, full stadiums most of the time, and for the big games certainly, and they've taken the game to every team. Yeah. You know, they've gone down maybe in the end 4-2, 5-1, etc. but they've always played attacking football, so I've enjoyed them. Teams I haven't really enjoyed as usual, Chievo, um, you know, they don't really play football. <laughs> uh, Bologna have the potential to play football, but you know they want to grind out results. There's still that mentality in, in Italy. It's not the first thing is you get the result, entertain well it comes maybe as a byproduct, but uh, only a couple of teams really haven't um, been that entertaining, and the, the the battle for survival is still ongoing, and uh, the chase for the Europa League is still ongoing. Atalanta, another team, yeah. wonderful in Europa League as well. So I think very good things ahead for Italian football right through the league and I think next season um, will be a really close run thing. But I have to ask um, if you had to name where Benevento is on the table right now, would you call that anything in particular? Maybe the danger zone? <laughs> <laughs> well, more than the danger zone. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> <laughs> I think, the, I think there's a couple in the danger zone. Um, <laughs> Uh, Udinese could be dropping into the danger zone go. nine defeats in a row. They are definitely in the danger zone. My, my favorite call from you uh, this season was on that Brignoli goal, the goalkeeper goal against Milan. You went crazy. That was one of well, my favorite moments. Well, th this is it. This was a spontaneous moment yeah. because they, they, again, they played their heart side. It was. Um, um, uh, Gattuso's um, early game for yeah, Gattuso. First one. Yeah, first game. Can't, I remember exactly. He strode onto the pitch like a middleweight boxer <laughs> in a tight suit. And um, sweating. Well, it was. You're down there. It was such an occasion. It, and it was. It was a great moment. Just the last. Send the keeper up. Who knows? Flying through there like Superman. And yeah, and just lost the head. Yeah. But you know, that, that I think that, that showed the. The, the, everybody reacted to that because yeah. it was a wonderful moment for, for Benevento, their first points, of course, their first point. And uh, th that occasion, I think, uh, is probably the standout, standout moment, really, uh, of the season, the fairy tale moment of the season. And shows that, you know, there's still that, those moments in football that, um, you know, just send, send the heart racing. Yeah. That was definitely another moment this season that, that put Serie A a little bit more on the map. 
Uh, speaking of which, you mentioned the Stadio earlier for Roma. There's a couple teams that are looking to do that, uh, to build the stadiums. I think there was Fiorentina, the Milan side we're talking about building a new stadium. Obviously, we know Juventus has been extremely successful Cagliari. with that. Cagliari's been looking, even the smaller teams. And so we see that the league seems to at least be modernizing. And with that, I'm going to segue into VAR. Because I think being one of the first team, first uh, leagues that tried out VAR this season, you know, it brought a lot of criticism, but then there was a lot of hype about it. And especially during the Champions League and some of the European matches, a lot of people were kind of calling for it. And as Serie A saw, it was pretty successful. What do you think? Well, with the, with the VAR system, the VAR as they call it here, of course, it, the first season going to be teething problems but you've seen recently in the last few months that the decisions with the VAR have been been spot on and they've been made a lot quicker this is the important thing that they've been made quickly and the decision has always been correct in the beginning we saw standing around for three or four minutes everybody starts chatting you know a couple of guys go give us a coffee here I'm waiting you know that was the thing that slowed things down but if you think back the decisions without the VAR you look back this is what they did look back if the bar was there that wouldn't have counted this would have changed the league is a great talking point well Juventus is still first so VAR hasn't quite worked out <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's worked for them it's worked mm -hmm. against them but the important thing is that here in Italy that it was a success because this is this here in, in Italy where there's a lot of criticism all the time of referees of opposition of like our oh, games really played 100% truly, you know, do certain Never clubs know. get, you know, the referee, the bar, this made it more uh, a level playing field. And uh, certainly, I think uh, as, as the season's gone on, it's been, uh, it's been more and more of a success. And what I've liked about it as well is now that the players have caught on that if they can just walk up very close but with pretending that they're just walking by, they can watch it as well. <laughs> because, <laughs> because before and there was a stewards, only the referee could watch it. And I thought that was really unfair. I think we, could, we should all be able to watch it. And the fans also can, like, with, the, with the cheerometer, can also help make oh a decision God. as well. And also for us commentators, because we're sitting there and saying, well, was it or wasn't it? Let's fill in these next three minutes guessing. We want, we want to see the action. We want to see the, the incident as the referee sees it as well. But I've liked the way the footballers and our, the players are milling around the, the television watching and going, hmm, maybe not. The referee knows that their eyes are burning in the back of his head. <laughs> but the referees have been strong and overall have made good decisions. I know it wasn't, it's a big call in the Champions League that's another that's another stage up yeah because we're still in the early stages of the VAR but certainly in Italy it's been a, an excellent uh, an, an excellent introduction so Marco uh, asked uh, earlier who who where does Roma finish well we have our hashtag race for 17th um, who goes down who goes down can Benevento stay up <laughs> well, unfortunately, we've got to say Benevento to go down. They're going to get Davide mathematically, no, but they'll always be. You know, they'll always be in our hearts. City, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they'll always be uh, a club that, you know, everyone enjoyed. I think even the players coming over, Sanya coming, you know, right. from playing Manchester City, France International, coming in and saying, just wanted to enjoy football. Sandro as well, 
players. Uh, few it, players have put themselves in the shop window as well from for transfers okay. mm-hmm. in Italy or around Europe as well. So, um, so okay, Benevento, yes. Uh, um, Elas Verona, I've got to say as well. Yeah. Uh, just not a season for them. It, it, it has not been, uh, you know, great fan base. Elas Verona always um, very vocal, but. Uh, Really, the style of play, always sort of playing for that one nil. Once they go a goal behind, you never feel they're going to score. Mm. That's the problem. Then after that, well, That's we're the in the one. danger zone, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> danger zone. We've got Spal down there, who, who are your archetypal Italian team, uh, but play good football, neat and tidy football, and they play uh, not just to get the result, but also to force the the. Uh, the, the issue with the opposition, so I've been I'm impressed by them. Ferrara, uh, a city that loves football as well, nice little compact stadium. Be nice to see them stay up. Uh, above that, who have we got? We've got Kievo, uh, Kievo hanging in there, one point, one point. You know, boring everyone to death. Oh yeah. Um, Chris's team, Crotone. Crotone, of course. I've got to <laughs> say, uh, Crotone. They, they escaped by the skin of their teeth last season. God bless them. Um, but Walter <laughs> Zenga arrived in January and immediately they won at Hellas Verona. But since, and, and they got a good result at Inter, uh, commented at that game. We've got some really interesting players, good players as well, but very lightweight. So I think maybe Crotone to go down. Uh, can they turn it around? Difficult. Udinese in uh, free fall, yeah. but should have enough points in the bag, but depressing, really depressing after a great run under Massimodo, but heading away up there to the, the northeast of uh, Italy. And Kevin yeah. Lasagna has to be a player that stays <laughs> in Serie A, well, he will. with a name like that. But that, that's what I was saying, players who, who with uh, clubs are going to get relegated, they'll be looking to um, you, you know, put themselves, as I said, in the shop window. And uh, you know, Lasagna is meant to go to. Uh, no, you're right. It was Napoli. Napoli, Napoli. Yeah. What am I thinking about? Of course, Napoli meant to go to Napoli. Then they turned down. They said, "Well, we won't take him." But he's there. Napoli wanted him for a while. There. But now Milik was back, so they didn't need him. But you know, Lasagna will end up somewhere. You know, I don't know, Sampdoria. Hard running uh, centre forwards. But you know, Inglese is another one. They'll go. Those players will find. Fine clubs. Then you've got the clubs coming up from Serie B. You've got Empoli coming back. They're so far ahead in Serie B. They'll be back, and they'll they'll be looking for players that are heading the other way, mm-hmm. and catch them as they parachute into Serie B and drag them back into Serie A for another battle to stay up. So um, uh, we were talking about who's getting relegated. <laughs> so we've got Benevento. Ellis Verona and I've got to say Crotone, mm. but I'd like to see Kievo go down and Udinese in the danger zone. <laughs> yes. Well, that was the big thing. So long as we got you talking about the danger zone, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> 80s never died. <laughs> I, uh, I just have one more hard-hitting soccer question is, will we be graced with one more season next year of Marco Borriello? Oh my goodness, did we have him this season? <laughs> no. Yeah, he's fall. He's, he, I, think, I think he's been, uh, as we like to say, uh, deep in the pit of, of naked, writhing uh, 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 <laughs> men, women, and, and, uh, and unicorns, <laughs> being, being the smoldering, handsome man that he is. Well, did, cer- did, did, did we just is. introduce Richard to the, uh, <laughs> to, to the dark side One of, of the our podcast? Things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
I wouldn't like to, to say how he gets what he does in his personal life, but certainly <laughs> it was a surprise that uh, you know from a footballer side to go from um, from Cagliari to to Spal and then not play at all, <laughs> disappear. Yeah. Um, I think you know he's another player. How old is he? Thirty four. I think yeah. thirty six. He could be thirty six, yeah. so he's a young guy still in Italian terms. <laughs> <laughs> still, still a to Kievo. <laughs> and. It'll be up to him where you know where he decides to go. He just picks and chooses where where he wants to go. But obviously, getting to the end of his career, he might do a, a Bobo Vieri and uh, drop out, head off to Miami, chill go. out. We know he, him. You know, he could enjoy himself over there. He's yeah. an underwear but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, he's certainly been a, a player that we haven't seen a lot of this season. I think that's all we got. Uh, we can end it on Borriello. Yeah. Oh, we yeah. can end it on, on the beautiful Marco. Okay. Yeah. And the Pulitzer goes to Canada's <laughs> America. Yeah. We're uh, we're very grateful, Richard. We're all Americans who are into Syria love listening to your calls. Uh, they're always fantastic. We appreciate uh, what you're doing for Syria for the English-speaking world. Uh, so thank you for joining us on the podcast, and thank you for covering uh, Syria for us uh, back in the states. Well, great to great to be with you guys again a year after our last meeting and uh, certainly we've moved on a year older but none the wiser and uh, you're still married still married so great Although that's great news it, it was touch and go there last night <laughs> it, could, it could have been in those nine seconds with jekyll off the crossbar yeah. oh, yeah. but of course um as always keep tuning in everyone around the around the states uh, support all your team whatever team it might be in syria might be in Serie b might be in Serie c We've got a lot of American owners, of course, yep. here making headway in in Italy. And, of course, watch out for the danger zone. <laughs> <laughs> Can't do better than that. Thank no, you for joining us, Richard. No problem, guys. Ciao.